for the work that you are doing in our lives and in our church. And Lord, the fact that you are interested in our service for you. Lord, we're thankful that you bring people out to the services. We're thankful for visitors. We're thankful for what's going on in Fleshman's and what's going on in Greenpoint. Lord, we're just thankful that even in this Christmas season, we we don't need the Christmas season to make us thankful and to serve you. But Lord, we certainly are thankful at this time of the year for all that you have done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Then next Sunday night is Christmas Sunday night. Lord willing, Andrew will be preaching Christmas Sunday night. And then the following Sunday night, we'll have uh, Sarah and Chad here. And then they all take off on Monday, head back to Oklahoma. And um, Rachel will stay through uh, the home missions conference. So we're just kind of looking forward to all of that. Matthew chapter 28, the last three verses. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. And uh, this is what we call the Great Commission. A lot of times people like to take out verse 18. Uh, I always like to read it because that is the source of the Great Commission is all powers given unto Jesus Christ, not unto you. Uh, if you were to listen to some, uh, so they call soul winning programs, and I mean, it's, it's almost like something out of the wild, wild west. You go out with your gospel six shooters and you got a notch on your uh, uh, gun butt for every soul that you win, and and I, I've heard some amazing things. Uh, just how anybody could believe that. I remember one person saying, "Well, you know, I don't feel very spiritual. I haven't been reading my Bible, I haven't, but but I'm still winning souls, so I must be right with God." I'm sitting here, you know, there's something wrong with that statement. If you're not reading your Bible, if you're not right with God, how can you be winning souls? Well, you can get people to pray prayers, but that's not winning souls. And we have to understand something. The gospel is uh, the, uh, the work that we are doing, how to witness, is not end goal, game over when someone prays. That, uh, that's, that's not the, that is not the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is to see that person baptized and taught to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. That's one of the problems with a lot of what goes on for soul winning. We have people come into the city all the time passing out tracts. And they come in and they pass out 10,000 tracts in four days and then they take off. And you know what? They have no uh, local church attached to their effort. And uh, they leave and somebody reads a track and, and maybe they get saved. And so who do they do? They turn on the radio and they tune into Harold Camping. And then they tune on their television. They get hooked up with TBS and uh, yeah, Trinity Broadcasting and all of those things. And then years later... 
they get a track from Open Door or from North Brooklyn, and they say, oh, what kind of church is this? And you explain to them, oh, I wish I'd have met you ten years ago. And by the time we finally meet them, they are so messed up that they'll never be a part of a local church. I couldn't tell you how many times that story has played itself out. Uh, I want to challenge you that if you're going to, you cannot take the gospel to the wrong address. You cannot witness to the wrong person. But I do believe God gave us a book called the Bible that says we ought to focus our efforts where we can follow through. Where we can see God's plan for evangelism carried out. Someone says, well, why don't you pass out tracts in Times Square? Well, because most of the people in Times Square aren't from New York City. I mean, they need to be witnessed to and, and we want to see them saved. But we want the main effort of Open Door Bible Baptist Church somewhere where we can make contact with that person. That's why we do 90% of our track passing right here in Astoria. Uh, or just uh, down on Northern Boulevard or somewhere close. Because we want the people that we give the tracks to to be able to come to church. Amen? And, uh, you know, there, there are just multiple opportunities here. Um, a lot of churches, especially out in the Midwest. And I was the bus mechanic at Cleveland Baptist for... Uh, almost uh, a little over a year, and uh, I I believe in bus ministries. But in New York City, it it's actually cheaper to send Brother Newberger out than it is to buy a bus, because you have to have a place to put the bus. You can't park it on the street. And, and in Ohio, we bought used buses. That the school bus company, actually, uh, when I was there, we'd bought a whole fleet of buses from a, uh, a bus company in Connecticut and sent a bunch of guys out and drove about 15 buses back from Connecticut to Cleveland, Ohio. And then we painted the buses and maintained them. And, and of course, it wasn't, uh, it, it was a lot of work, but we had a garage and we had all the tools and, and all of that stuff. And, uh, but you know, in New York State, if you call it Sunday school and you pick up kids for it, you're supposed to maintain your bus according to the school standards. Which means you need a brand new bus and all of those things. I mean, you're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars to run a bus route. Uh, I'd, I'd rather see a church started because we'll have a lot better effort at following through on the Great Commission. And what we want to do is, you know, we have gospel tracts. You know, gospel tracts are wonderful things. Um, people will get them and they'll come back to you years later. Say, so, you know, this thing's been sitting on my dresser. And now I read it. And, and so that's one of the reasons we do that. But I, I want to challenge you. I don't know if you've seen this or not, but... People are not as receptive today as they were 10 years ago when we pass out gospel tracts. And uh, I want you to pray with me about this. I'd like to do some other things. Um, right now, I can't find anything else that we can do that's as cost-effective to reaching people than gospel tracts. Once we find something else, we're going to use it. We're not bound to that. 
Uh, we may eventually hand out thumb drives, I don't know, uh, with a video on it or, or DVDs or something like that. Uh, uh, you know, I, I'm not afraid of media. I'm not afraid of technology. Uh, but what we need to do is whatever we do, we need to understand that it's not just getting the gospel message out there. It's giving a person enough information that they can make a decision to get saved. And then once a person gets saved, it's an opportunity to follow through and get baptized, become a member, and serve God in a local church. Because that's what ought to happen to a saved person. Do we say amen to that? Uh, I mean, that is God's plan. And yet we have to understand that the work that is being done is God's work. But even the old Calvinist was smart enough to figure out, the more people I witness to, the more elect people I find. See, a Calvinist believes only the elect get saved. Uh, but the more people they witness to, the more elect they find. Interesting correlation there. Uh, I, I think the truth of the matter is, God expects you and I to do something. Otherwise, why would these verses be in the Bible? We need to go into all the world. Now, you know what? There are places you and I can't go. That's why we need to support missionaries who go there. And uh, we, we need to be in prayer and be ever vigilant. But I will tell you this, the age of the American missionary is disappearing. Because there's just lots of places Americans can't go. Uh, we stick out. Uh, we make problems. Uh, and there, uh, now I'll tell you the, I believe, the number uh, two country sending out Bible-believing missionaries is it's, it's real close between South Korea and the Philippines. And uh, we have to be careful that we don't mess things up with American money. There's, there's been a lot of... And so we need some wisdom there. Uh, we need prayer. We need God to put us in touch with people that we can help. And guess what? Our mission's budget is... Pushed right to the edge. We've, we've had some extra missions giving. And uh, praise the Lord, we've been uh, looking forward to that increase. But we've, uh, we've got to we've write out the, the checks next month. And then we're going to kind of see if, if we have a pattern or just a surge after our missions conference. And, and then we'll have to get out the list and see what we can do. But... Uh, you can't take the gospel to the wrong address. John and Romans, gospel tracts, and pray that God will give us wisdom. The gospel's on our website. Anybody that gets there can, can read it and, and hear the gospel. But God expects you and I to take the message. But the work of saving souls is not ours. That's God's work and God's alone. And we've gone over this the last several weeks. It's not up to you to judge whether the Holy Spirit is working or not in a person's life. But it is up to you to have enough discernment not to keep rattling on when the conversation is dead. Does that make sense? 
when someone's not listening, don't give them any more not to listen to. When someone's not doing, don't give them more not to do. Uh, I'm afraid some people get so comfortable coming to church and hearing the gospel and not responding to it that it actually hardens them more than it does them any good. And so, we have to understand Jesus is the source. Jesus is the story. Of course, Jesus is the Savior. And we need to keep moving on. Now, I want you to turn with me to Romans chapter 1. And I'll be the first to admit that passing out tracts is probably about the least effective thing that we can do. But let me tell you something. It's a whole lot better than doing nothing. And we have reasons why we do what we do. Now, we start in Romans chapter 1 and verse 15. Paul is speaking to the Romans. Well, let's get verse 14 there. He says, I am a debtor, both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. One of the reasons we've got to be involved with sharing the gospel is I'm a debtor. Who shared the gospel with you? How did you find out how to be saved? You didn't do that on your own. Maybe you're like me, and my parents took me to church from the time I was old enough to go. And, uh, and it wasn't hard to get the gospel. Though it did take a little while for me to sort it out. I was 11 years old when I got saved. Um, maybe someone gave you a gospel tract. Maybe you just walked by and saw the church and said, well, maybe I'll just stop in. Uh, not quite sure how that all worked. Maybe a friend told you about the church and brought you here. However it worked, someone, God used another person to bring you into contact with this book. How many would say, that is true in my life? Okay? If someone brought you into contact, if God used a person to bring you into contact with the message of salvation, then wouldn't it just simply stand to reason that you have an obligation to do the same for someone else? Amen? And uh, we try to make our visitation as, as uh, accessible as possible Saturday morning. Now, this Saturday, uh, we're leaving for Fleshman's at 8 o'clock. And what we're going to do is try to take a good testimony to a whole community. You know what? They're going to put the horses on the, the carts and drag us through town. We'll sing carols and... And uh, there'll be banners on the sides of the carts saying Cornerstone Bible Baptist Church and all of that. And just be a good testimony. 
for the church. It's just another way of witnessing. And guess what? Can we follow through completely on the full biblical spectrum of, so, of, of witnessing to people? You betcha. Because there's a place up there where if they will hear the gospel, they can come back and hear it again until they understand enough to make a decision. And once they make a decision, there's a place to get baptized and a place to be trained and a place to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. I like that kind of evangelism. That is what is, is the Bible um, uh, pattern. And Paul says, listen... I am not ashamed of the gospel. He was talking about going to Rome, the biggest, most powerful city in the world in his day. A little bit like New York. Uh, I mean, those Romans, they thought that they were important because they lived in Rome. You ever met anybody that thought they were important because they lived in New York? Oh, my. And, of course, to the rest of the country, we say... Uh, all of you who think you know everything really bother us who do. Amen? Uh, but uh, the simple truth of the matter is we need to get the gospel out. We need to do so in a way that we can fulfill the Great Commission. And when you have fear, you need to ask yourself the question, am I ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Of course, the answer is no. I need to witness. And the only way you're going to do it is by studying your Bible, by going over things, by asking God to give you the ability to talk to somebody. It's not complicated. What did Jesus do for you? He saved me. Well, how do I know he saved me? Because the Bible says so. And when they start asking other questions, say, well, listen, I like what the blind man said. He said, I do know this. Once I was blind, but now I see. I do know this. Once I was lost, but now I'm saved. The Bible told me what to do. I did it, and Jesus did the work of saving me. And someone, people always like, oh, how do you know? Well, if I had to trust, if I have to make a choice, and I do, to trust what the Bible says and to trust fill in the blank. How many of you would rather trust NASA, water on Mars, versus the Bible? Any takers on that one? How many of you rather trust the government? I'm from the IRS, and we're here to help you, rather than the Bible. Any takers on that? How about your local politicians? We're going to make New York City heaven on earth. A place where no one dies. Uh, denial isn't only a river in Egypt. Amen? Uh, the simple truth is, if I'm going to trust anyone or anything... That this world has to offer. I'm going to trust the Bible. I'm going to trust the Bible. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. You see, there, it is a debt. And Paul was talking about that debt. And he was explaining to the Corinthians... 
in chapter 9 of the book of 1 Corinthians, verse 16. He says, For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me, yea, woe is unto me, if I preach not the gospel. For if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward, but if against my will a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me. What is my reward then? Verily, that when I preach the gospel... I may make the gospel of Christ without charge that I abuse not my power in the gospel. Now, here's what Paul's saying. He's saying, though I preach the gospel, I've accomplished nothing incredible here. Because if I don't preach the gospel... Woe is me. I am in trouble if I'm not doing this. He said, if I do it willingly, God is going to reward me. If I don't do it willingly, he says, I have a dispensation of the gospel. I have the truth. Now, we there are so many stories, but let's say you had a cure for Ebola. I mean a real cure. You had something you could put in a tube, in a needle, and inject to somebody that was dying of that disease and heal them. And you locked it up in a safe until the United States Patent Department could uh, come up with a patent which will take anywhere from 3 to 15 years. What would people call you? A murderer, wouldn't they? Wouldn't that be right? And yet we have the only thing, the only truth that will keep a soul from hell. And we lock it away within our hearts and we don't tell anyone. That's abusing the power of the gospel. That's abusing the privilege of salvation. A couple of years ago, I preached a series of sermons at Christmas time on the best gifts are given. You know, God didn't, God has never given anything to mankind that He didn't intend for you to pass along to someone else. Why does God give you His love? So you can love somebody else. I mean, Check around. We've got the cream of our crop here at our church here tonight and and the most faithful members. Uh, But if we were really honest, it takes a little work to love one another, even in in our close-knit group here. Uh, We're not all as lovable as we would like to think we are. How do we love one another? It's because if we get our love for God, then we have a common source. And it's just going to spill over, and it has to. How do we know if we love the children of God? When we love God and keep His commandments. My obedience to God makes me love other saved people. Isn't that incredible truth? You see, God gives us His love so we can pass it on. God gives us salvation so we can tell others how to... 
how to be saved. He gives us victory over the world so that we can drag others out of the slop and the pit of this world and show them that there is truth for God. Every good thing that God gives us, He intends for us to share. Blessed are the merciful. Why? Because they'll obtain mercy. God wants us. We have a dispensation. We have the message of the ages. Read First Peter. Angels desired to look into it. Prophets didn't understand it. We have it. We have the complete revelation of God. We need to give that message to the world in which we live. How many of you know Proverbs 11.30? The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. What's the rest of it? Say it out loud with me. And he that winneth souls is wise. You know, I know that everybody is not going to get saved. Jesus said, Straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and what? Few there be that find it. But do you know that there was a time in this country, in the United States of America, where there were so many saved people in this country that abortion was not even considered except in the darkest rooms of human depravity. It never made itself to the public scene. No one would introduce a bill talking about the right to abortion because there were too many people against it. That's the way it was in the 40s, in the 30s, in the 50s. Why do you think those things came about in the 70s? Because something changed. Now, we can't go back to those days. But I'll tell you what. The more people that we bring to the truth of this book, the less problems we're going to have to deal with sin. What's James 5.20? Let me read it for you. It says, Let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. You want to do something good for society? Get somebody saved. Amen? That... that That's what the Bible tells us. It is wise to win souls. It helps everything when another person gets saved. The influence of a gospel-preaching church cannot be underestimated. That's why we believe God wants us to see churches established. That's why we don't just go around passing out tracts and trying to have Bible studies. Uh, That's why we don't give out free coffee. Uh, Now, if you come to one of our fellowships, the coffee's free. We don't charge for anything around here. But we're we're not, uh, if I can use a play on words, we're not trying to make a connection with you with a cup of coffee. The Connection Church meets around the corner here on 31st Avenue. If we make a connection with somebody, we want it to be through the words of this book. 
And we want that connection not to be with us primarily, with, with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because if you get along with him, guess what? You'll get along with us. You have to. Because the Bible makes you get along with the children of God. And if you're not getting along with God, guess what? You're not going to get. You're not going to like it here. You're just really not. What we're trying to do is give the gospel. That is the main thrust of our church. Ought to be. We we need to do better than we have, and I praise the Lord. We've been seeing more people come out. We've got. Wednesday night now, and we've got um, the uh, Saturday during the day visitation in the, in the late morning, and we're going to work on expanding other times, and we're going to try to get over to start getting over to North Brooklyn as soon as we get back from Home Missions Conference a little more uh, than we have. I think there's one or two people been showing up fairly regular over there, but we, we need a bigger effort in North Brooklyn. We, we just do. And... Uh, there's always things going on. There's always too much to do. But what we have to do is deem that which is most important. We, we have a debt. Lord forbid that anyone should ever accuse us of being ashamed of the gospel. Amen? We have the truth. We need to get it out. If you want to do something for society, if you want to do something that will aid the nation in which we live, he that wins souls is wise. Amen. If you convert a sinner from the error of his way, you're covering a multitude of sins. Uh, that's how we'll solve the social problems that in, of the world in which we live. We're not going to solve them by another program. Uh, what was it? Ronald Reagan said the closest thing to eternal life on earth is a government bureaucracy. Uh, because once the government starts something, it never stops. And uh, what we are, are trying to do is get the gospel out. You've got to know what it is, and you've got to be willing to share it. All God's people say, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this night, and we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that we do have the truth. We thank you for the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're thankful that you've entrusted to us that responsibility. And Lord, we're asking right now that you would make us faithful, that you would make us more faithful than we have been in the sharing and the spreading of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Help us to understand that just passing out tracts is important, but it's not all. It's Help us to understand that giving to missions is important, but it's not all. Lord, that we would pray together as a church that you would expand our horizons and our abilities to share the gospel. And Lord, you would put within our heart a burden to do it the right way. To do it the Bible way. In Jesus' name we pray. And we'll take just a moment, if you'd like to slip out of your seat.